Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And we're live. And I am excited and honored and just blown out of my skull here to introduce today's guest. And as I mentioned more and more things about him, you may start putting the pieces together. Editor at a thing called chiefmartech.com. You may have seen a particular image. Yes. Yes, that's too. <laughs> yes. Um, VP of platform ecosystem at HubSpot. Yeah, that's three. Probably heard of those. Author, blogger, thought leader, Scott Brinker. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm getting over a bit of a cold, so forgive me with that. You know, no one would even notice. No one, okay. no one even knows. But no, you, you, you look great. So if this is you sick, what do you like when you're well? Well, you know, not dead yet. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, man, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, you know, the theme was around marketing strategy and technology and, and the, how those can come together for better or worse and, and kind of distilling all the madness and so what I want to do here, this is heavy. I'm going to pass you. This is Thor's hammer. So here, take Thor's hammer. All right. Now, smash for me some kind of bogus myth or maybe some just strategy you've been hearing or just some, some things that have been out there that you just want to set the record straight. Like, markers, pay attention. Scott's about to smash something. Wow. Man, there are so many myths yes. uh, we can smash. All right. Let me just take a couple here. Get us okay. started. Uh, one is, I'm going to start with what you just talked about here, like technology and strategy, because there's this myth that it's one or the other. You know, mm. you'll hear people say like, oh, figure out your strategy and then go get the right technology to fill it. Yeah. Um, or if you're a really bad, bad person, you've gone out and you've bought your technology and now you try to figure out what a strategy for that is. This whole dichotomy between those two things drives me nuts because we are living in a world of continuous change and continuous innovation. True. So first to say that ultimately what matters for your business is your strategy. You have to get that right. Right. But we have to recognize that new technology, new innovations can actually inform what's possible with our strategy. So rather than that sort of you know chicken and egg, is it the strategy first or the technology first, really like to encourage people to like just step back from that dichotomy and say, listen, how do we rethink our strategy leveraging all the possibilities we can find about technology for our customers, our business, our segments? All right. So that's myth number one. Well, hold on. We got to deconstruct this because uh, okay. I'm, I'm guilty of this one. <laughs> you know, I've been trying to teach people because what I hate seeing is, um, you know, you get a new tool, marketing automation, both dear to our hearts. You get a new tool and then you use it like some freemium software. You're not basically you don't use it, right? You invest all this money and then you don't use it. So I've been I've been sort of talking to people about doing strategy and then process and then technology. But what you just said is true. Strategy is informed by technology, and I think specifically about, about marketing automation because a lot of times people are in the old strategy. They're in the batch and blast mode, and then they get some tool that can nurture. And they still use it like batch and blast. So they haven't updated their strategy. 
So how do I resolve all these things? Exactly. Well, again, this is why instead of thinking it being like one uh, leading to the other or right. vice versa, I like to think of this as more of a cycle, um, okay. right? I mean, this is one of the reasons I advocate for someone in the marketing department to take on that role of like head of marketing technology, head of marketing ops. And part of their job is to keep their finger on the pulse of the technology that's changing that's relevant to your customers. Now, I can right. give you a great example. I mean, yeah, like yeah. Uh, things, uh, you know, like uh, the explosion recently of uh, chatbots. You know, a great thing. This is like a whole new... They're everywhere. They are. But it's interesting, like a year or two ago, they weren't. No. You know? And so some companies realized that this actually was a new channel that was opening up to engage with their customers. Some got the technology, didn't really know what they were doing with the strategy, right. it did not go well. Um, others were like, hey, wow, we can actually use this as a new way of engaging with our prospects mm. and customers. And they, that, that technology informed a strategy that then they implemented, as you would say, right? Then the process and then right. the actual technical implementation. But I know there were a lot of companies that were like, oh, no, all right, we, we don't want to be distracted by what's going on over there. Uh, you know, we're still trying to, you know, figure out what our strategy is for email. Don't get me wrong. The strategy for email is still important, but it's like yeah. if you put blinders on for the way technology is changing in marketing today, you're going to get left behind. Right, right. So you, you, when you do strategy first, you got to inform it. It can't be in its own little what you did 20 years ago, how you thought you hacked Google with your bad SEO and your print mail. <laughs> you got you to gotta update. You got to stay with it. How do you do that? I, that is kind of like the next question. Okay, Scott, well, how do I do that? How do I stay informed? You know, there's so much. There is, you know, and so it's like, yeah, the only thing that's, well, all right. So shiny object syndrome is bad. I'll be the first one to Amen. say that, right? You're just chasing something, you know, because, oh, well, that sounded cool. You know, yeah, that's, you can waste a lot of time and money. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, I guess it's just that other end of the spectrum where you say like, listen, I'm just going to put blinders on. I don't care about any of these newfangled technologies. You kids get off of my lawn, you know, that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. um, you know, that, that, that's where I think people can go too far in the other direction. So how do you balance these two? Um, you know, again, this is one of the things I feel this role of a marketing technology, marketing ops leader has to take responsibility for. And I think of it, you know, roughly speaking, as the 80-20 rule. Okay. Really, 80% of the effort of a marketing technology, marketing ops leader should be focused on the present day operations of how do we make this stuff work well? How do we make it better? You know, how are we instrumenting this stuff to know that it's truly delivering the sort of value to our customers and our organization that we expected from it? It's a very practical, you know, important hands-on role. Right. But I do think about 20% of that person's time needs to be looking at the trends of what is what is emerging what's coming up what's coming right. around the corner what are things that we might want to start to factor into piloting you know not every new shiny object that passes you know your uh, field of vision but at least you know those that start to sound like hey wait actually reading a little bit about this this actually sounds incredibly relevant you know to our right. customers and so even if we're not ready to invest in this today you know it's probably worth me taking a couple hours here to understand what this is and make sure there's some sort of marker to be like, all right, I'm going to come back in a quarter. I'm going to come back in two quarters and check in on this. And at the right. point in time, it starts to cross that line where this is going to be relevant to our strategy. They can really come and surface that to the you know, head of marketing to 
you know, let, let, let's get a pilot program. Let's get this yeah. part of our overall strategy. Test it out. Being, being aware. I love that it, you, you mentioned it's the responsibility and that, and the fact that, look, it's not, it's not the majority of it, but you got to keep something in there as a reminder that it's a part of what you're doing is looking around the corner of what, or not even around what's coming up over the hill. Like, what are you, what are we seeing finally emerging? Because chat, we mentioned earlier, man, I used that 15 <laughs> years ago. I use it on some e-commerce thing. People, I have a question. Do I get shipping? <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Here, here's free shipping. You know, they, they bought, right? We got a little, little ding sound, cha-ching. <laughs> they made a purchase. So that was like, I don't know, a long time ago. But you're right. It changed and morphed and eventually different tools are coming out where it's got reinvented. But you got to be aware. So, I, I mean, in my head, I'm asking you this question. How do you, how do you spend that 20%? Any recommendations for what they're doing to, to learn that? Because there's a lot of stuff out there, probably a lot of noise. But you want to be able to get a chance to just sort of see it all. What what do you recommend? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly you follow a set of uh, publications, you know, uh, people that you trust. I mean, I think, you know, the greatest thing for all of us in this field, because it's changing so rapidly, is to find other peers that we we relate to yeah and that the way in which you know we we keep our ears open what are they saying what are they running into um i mean i'll confess this is a uh, a little self-promotional of me to make this suggestion but um you know i mean one of the reasons we run the martech conference is because i think there actually is a really good rationale for people to get out of the office and go mingle with another set of people who are in their kind of profession, but at a variety of different businesses. And you know, some of that's listening to sessions and what people share as case studies up on the stage. Right. To be honest, a lot of it is just who you meet over having a beer, you know, when you're like meeting your counterpart who's working almost the exact same situation you're doing in some other company, you know, on the other side of the country, you know, this chance to like, oh, hey, you know, I've been hearing more about, you know, these chatbots or, oh yeah, you know, this, we don't have an Alexa skill. I mean, should we be having like representation of these things? Oh yeah, we experimented with that. This is what, I mean, that sort of exchange I feel is where the the real information happens in this community because right. you're right. There is just so much noise out there that if you're simply trying to pay attention to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a vendor too, but you know, I mean the vendor yeah. community as a whole. Yeah we produce an ungodly amount of content out there and it's just impossible to like, you know, go through all of it. Uh, So you have to have a peer network uh, that can help you navigate it and narrow it down. Yeah. So I got peer network. That's a, that's a solid one. Uh, The the MarTech conference is, is that you have two this year, this coming up at least? Yeah, we do uh, one in the spring in the Bay area. That's coming up April 3rd through 5th. Uh, And I'll have a special discount code for your list. Ooh, snapper. I'll give that to you now, actually. Uh, MarTech VIP. So capital M, capital T, capital VIP. uh, And that'll get you 20% off uh, all access to it. All right. Awesome. That's that's a pay. But but you have to stick around for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, we should have given them half of it. (laughs) Yeah, like the ripped dollar bill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like a timeshare. (laughs) You get all these amazing things at the end of our presentation. (laughs) Okay. So Martech conference. So there's uh, I'm looking at it too. We'll put it in the show notes. There's East. That's in September 16, 18. There's a West April 3rd to 5th. Um, Awesome. And we got the VIP code. Thank you for that, by the way. Oh yeah. No. 
conferences, when you brought it up, it's like, of course, I love just walking around, you know, the booths and just seeing what kind of, even the small ones, because sometimes the small ones are the people who are just figuring it out. Maybe don't have like super funding yet. And then also who's spending millions of dollars, right? Who's got some <laughs> huge VC funding going on? It's just kind of good to, you let it influence you, not even have a path, just sort of roam around. I mean, I did that at you know, Dreamforce, also inbound. I love some of the smaller vendor categories, talking to people. Sometimes it's actually the founder that's there at the booth because, hey, grind, you know, grind, right? Like be there and make it happen. And, it, and, and you learn from them what's possible. And like, I didn't know that was possible. You really? It's, yeah, yeah. That, that's our new technology. You know, it's amazing. Yep, I can't tell you that. I mean, so this is this is my life. I live and breathe Martech, and yeah. I swear, not a week goes by that I don't discover something like, oh my goodness, I had no idea that was possible. That is yeah. like seriously cool. Um, so yeah, it's there's a lot to be discovered. Well, I'm gonna have to ask you about seriously cool in just a second because um, it'd be great to know what you have recently found is seriously cool. But I'm just gonna finish off on that last thing. So. 80-20, 20%, you got to do that research or be aware, be in the loop. Peer groups are great for that. That's how I get my news usually. I just, whoever on my Facebook you know, feed shares something dramatic happening in the world. I'm like, okay, got through my filter. You know, <laughs> it's, it must be important. But peer group, peer networks, the conference, the MarTech conferences, um, you know, peer conferences. Anything else you think of? I mean, obviously, Chief MarTech site as well is probably something to stay tuned to. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I assume it's uh, like uh, your listeners on this podcast. It's like, uh, you know, you find the affinity, you know, with the folks that uh, you, you like the way they are curating these ideas right. and, and you, and you, and you listen and you read and, you know, I think, uh, yeah, the, the, the value of people who are really helping to condense, you know, <laughs> that, that, that massive stuff that's happening out there in the world into some, some reasonable subset that you right. can consume is just so, so valuable these days. So yeah, find the folks you love Beautiful. and uh, listen, read. You know, I pulled it up. It's Chief Mar and then Tech without an H, T-E-C, right? Yep, there's a there's a silly story behind that. But What's the silly story? <laughs> Tell me. Somebody wanted a million dollars from you or something? You know, this is one of these things why, like, uh, I work in technology, not branding. Um, you know, <laughs> right. This has been like 10 years ago. And the, the, the term MarTech didn't exist. And so the closest thing I had ever seen was people referring to Marcom as in marketing communications. Yes. You know? And it was um, back in the day. Yep. You know, and it was a six-letter abbreviation, M-A-R-C-O-M. Uh, and so I thought, oh, well, Martech, we could have like a six-letter M-A-R-T-E-C. Yep. And only a complete idiot would think of like abbreviating tech to TEC <laughs> instead of TECH, but we're right. looking at them. So uh, <laughs> by the time I realized otherwise, the domain was not available. Or, Are you serious? So, yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should go, you know, send, send some. Uh, send oh, it was the Twitter there. handle too. That was it. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's like oh, yeah, rebranding in today's yeah. world is tough. So now it's actually quirky, right? That that's crazy. what I tell myself. Yeah, but uh, did you get it though? I just followed it. I think it went to. Did it go to you? On Twitter? No, no, on the dot com. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think I finally got the dot com. Yeah, you I got it now. Twitter. But now everybody knows it is TEC, right? So you had to yeah. you forward it over to the. Yeah, I, I kind of messed military. myself up. <laughs> yeah, it's like very military, like syscom ad, well, <laughs> you know, like like the war warfighter game where you're gonna shoot <laughs> missiles out of your 
Martech. I uh, hadn't thought of it that way, but if I had, that would have probably been another reason I would have done it. It's hardcore marketing, man. That's that's where the mind goes. <laughs> but okay, so this makes a lot of sense. Um, you're staying aware of all these tools. Now, I think this, this gets into something else that you're seeing all these tools. And there's that search for the one tool, like the one ring that rules them all. You see that a lot? And is there one? Yeah, I think one of the biggest myths uh, that's been persistent in MarTech for a long time, it's just now really starting to get shattered, you know, was this belief that, oh, I either had to choose a suite, so I'm going to go to one vendor and I'm going to get all my software from them. It's just the suite, everything. Yeah. You know, HubSpot, give me everything. Salesforce, right. give me everything. Sure. And, you know, whoever it was, you know, a lot of major companies tried that strategy for many years. And then your only other alternative was... Yeah, the complete opposite of the spectrum, best of breed, which is to say, okay, well, you can go out and get whatever you want, but good luck. Yeah, you good know, luck integrating. <laughs> to connect all these yeah. pieces. You know, and so the thing is, that was somewhat the state of the universe here, I don't know, four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. But now it's just not because all of these major vendors, I mean, you know, Salesforce was always a pioneer in this. Uh, yeah. you know, Adobe, Oracle, HubSpot, IBM, I mean, SAP, all of them, yeah have basically opened up these APIs and they've really worked to develop these platform ecosystems uh, where third-party developers, other companies can, whatever specialized technology they create, oh, okay, I've got a tool for influencer marketing. Fantastic, you know, be able to plug that into your primary sure. marketing platform where you don't have to be the poor person like connecting all the wires and tubes yourself. Yeah. The companies have worked behind the scenes to make that integration really smooth. And so instead of like sweet versus best of breed, I think we've really smashed through that dichotomy. And we're now at a place where, you know, you can have the best of both worlds. And actually, you know, one of the things I, you mentioned where you're talking about like walking through a conference, yeah. a really small vendor who has yeah. like a super innovative like idea, you know, in a world where it was just going to be the big suites, none of those companies would come into existence, right? Totally. They just wouldn't be able to compete up against, you know, like a hundred billion dollar juggernaut, yeah. you know, but in a platform ecosystem environment, actually those companies have an opportunity to thrive, you know, because they can create these integrations to, you know, the major platforms and then make it really super easy. Oh, well, what are you running? Are you running HubSpot? Are you running Salesforce? Are you running right. Adobe? Great. We plug right into that, you know, and it gives, it, it makes it easier for marketers to take a chance on a smaller vendor for a more specialized piece. The, the, the risk is less, the cost is less, um, and so I actually think this is actually starting to generate a, 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 a kind of a new generation of MarTech innovation that revolves around uh, these major platform ecosystems. Yeah, you pick I'm biased here. You know, oh, we're, part yeah, we're of what right. I do for a living, too. So No worries. But, no, but it, it's true because, you know, God forbid you had to, you know, go find someone to integrate thing A with thing B. And, you know, different vocab, maybe they don't even integrate. You have to go hire some secret squirrels to try to hack. <laughs> and then if A or B changes any of their thing, that whole integration may go down and it may need a complete overhaul. It, it's that custom integration world is just gross. So you're right. That platform play has really evolved. And I guess it's good for the business, but it's also good for all the partners and all the, like you said, the smaller plays. And 
And rather than having the big business try to reinvent things, which they're never good at, right? Yeah. My joke, you don't have to comment or anything, but my joke is always when Microsoft buys something, I'm like, I say a prayer for it because I'm like, it's doomed. It's too big. <laughs> too big. Um, but uh, it, by the way, LinkedIn, they haven't killed LinkedIn. So thank you, Microsoft. You somehow haven't ruined that yet. Though you've, you've messed with the job posting feature and I'm mad at you. But other than that, but but talk about innovation you know innovation can come from these small hit teams usually and so to enable them to be a part of your overall system you're right it it allows them to build their own value potentially break through while still adding to the overall picture yeah it's a great book here i'm gonna just bring this up to the camera uh this uh platform revolution uh by uh jeffrey parker and a couple other folks um some sold like something like 150,000 copies of this i mean this is this is not unique to marketing. This is right. like a whole new revolution that the cloud world has brought us where, you know, these things don't have to live in isolated silos in, uh, you know, data centers. Sure. You know, they're all up in the cloud. They all now, you know, work internally as well as externally now with APIs. And simply by having these vendors, both the platforms, you know, and the ecosystem participants invest a little bit of work behind the scenes in making sure these handshakes between them are smooth, you know, and reliable, man, that just opens up so much creative possibility for marketers. Um, So it's a wonderful time. You know, I think the, to that point, when marketing can be best, when the tech gets out of the way, some of my favorite platforms, favorite tools, you almost forget you're using them in the past. And you mentioned things that have the word sweet in them. And I had one that rhymed with bet and it had the word <laughs> sweet in it. And, and the tool was the job for, as a marketer, right? The tool was I'm going to spend a day creating this email. And my predecessor has created me like a three page noted uh, process on how to do this. Okay, select this list from this thing and then go over here. And it was complicated and you had to refresh this. And then like, the whole day was the tactical software effort. But I think the better platforms figured out to get out of the way. So it's not about them, it's about getting the result and getting the ROI. So you're right. I, I see it improves for everyone. Now, instead of being about the tech, it's about the result. And all these, these upstarts can, can kind of come in frolic. Yeah. And, you know, again, to be fair, we're, we're not in Nirvana yet. You know, we've all got a long way to go. We can make this a lot better, a lot sure. easier, a lot smoother. But directionally, if I look at where the industry is headed today versus where it was four years ago, I feel we are on the right track, uh, right. you know, to make, uh, to, to get the best of both worlds, right? People want that stability, that foundation that they can rely on. Um, uh, but they also want the ability to tap you know, these latest innovations or these more specialized capabilities that are, they're really important to their specific business. You know, marketers, I always think back to that, uh, you know, iconic, uh, you know, Apple, uh, you know, uh, Super Bowl ad about the 1984. They're smashing the thing. Yeah. Right. You know, This that is quintessential, you know, marketing worldview, right? Is marketers don't want their company to be doing the exact same thing, the exact same way that every other company is, right? We're always looking for the edge. We're always looking for some sort of way to differentiate, and that's always going to push us to explore new uh, technologies that we can use to get those advantages. Right. Yeah. Not marching in line. I mean, that commercial people haven't seen it. (laughs) If you're too young to have seen that, or even seen it in school. She go. It's what 1984. Is that the? 
Yeah. yeah. So 1984 won't be 1984. Yeah. 1984. You, you know, folks should just go uh, look this thing up because it's fantastic. Um, they've got this like, I don't know what you'd call it. One of those worlds where everything's control and everyone's the same and is and then this gal is running Olympic champions running and chased by guards and then she smashes stuff and it's like, yeah, you know, and that same sentiment carries through. Um, I love it. I don't even know where how we got onto that, but that is a great <laughs> image. That is a great image. It was a good commercial. I think it came out about 10 years before I was born, but I've heard of it. See, now you're dating yourself, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't old enough to watch TV when it came out. I'll I'll say, put that, but I was around. Um, Oh, wait, no, I got the directions uh, confused. (laughs) It happens at my age. Other way, other way. (laughs) (laughs) So does this, because I know there's there's that topic that you're really interested in, in in seeing it develop in the marketing world around the, the citizen marketer the citizen you know integrator and and does the platform enable that could you talk about what that what that is sort of define that citizen yeah so this is a really fascinating trend for me uh in fact i i want to go back a bit like it used to be if you wanted to do anything with technology you had to turn it over to the it department right you know they were specialists they were you know engineers they were enterprise architects uh and if you wanted something in marketing take a ticket, wait in the deli line, yep. IT will get to you. And one of the interesting transitions that happened here over the past five years is we started to get this notion of marketing technologists, people who were right. technically savvy enough that they could actually work with a lot of these tools, particularly the cloud-based SaaS tools. You know, I mean, again, marketing automation systems, CRMs, yes. you know, they didn't have to be in IT, they knew enough about IT to be able to respect, you know, whatever yeah. sort of governance principles IT would put in place, but they could take on the bulk of the operational work. And so this right. really led to, you know, the heyday of marketing technology and marketing operations as a, as a function in marketing. Well, what I think is we're actually continuing that trend even huh. further, which is stuff that we used to have to turn to, you know, marketing technologists to do. Now the tools are getting to a place where actually regular marketers can do a lot. Yeah, and right. you see this across um, the, the citizen labels sometimes uh, apply to this like uh, uh, citizen data scientists. Uh, hmm. So, right, if you're, I mean, a, a true data scientist, you know, right, I mean, they work with Python and R oh, and, geez. you know, like they go into all these, I mean, it's, it's yeah, <laughs> there's a whole discipline there. But you can actually get a lot of business users that given a tool like Tableau or a tool like Looker, you know, they can actually, through a really simple interface, do a lot of this exploration of the data themselves. They can look right. for interesting patterns. They can have hypotheses. They can check things about it. You know, and it might not go as super rigorous as a true you know, data scientist would, but in a lot of times, you know, what the business user needs is they need speed. They need to be able to like, you know, I've got a question I'm curious about. I want the answer to this. And if I have to take a ticket and wait for, you know, someone to get back to me in three months, I mean, forget it. By then the question is irrelevant. I'm moving totally. on. But if I can pull up this tool myself, you know, and get actually a pretty good answer. I mean, if it becomes something that, all right, I want to dig in deeper, then it's worth bringing in more of an expert. Okay, great. Right. But a lot of time that, you know, I'd say, yeah, 80-20 rule, right? I mean, the vast majority, you know, these questions, if the business user, if the marketer could answer them themselves, that'd be great. And so that's with like citizen data scientists. Uh, we see the same thing with, uh, this is a fun one, 
citizen integrators. So again, we were talking about integrating these different cloud tools. And uh, yeah, it used to be not long ago that if you wanted to integrate a bunch of different tools together, oh my goodness, yeah, enterprise architect from IT yep. needs to come on board. But now they've got tools like uh, Zapier. Uh, yep. You see, right? You know, this really super friendly tool that frankly, any business user can sign up for and say, okay, um, all these different cloud software products connect through Zapier. And right. so the business user can just go into Zapier and say, oh, you know, when a lead comes in on this gravity form on my WordPress website, I want to take that data, I want to pull it in my marketing automation system yeah. here, I want to replicate this to the CRM. If it qualifies this way, I want to That's trigger a message in Slack. Bam! You know, like... Right. No, no, no code. code. No, no code, plus, no plus, bachelor of science. No Java. Yeah, you yeah. Know, exactly. Um, uh, another example would be uh, uh, citizen graphic designers, right? Again, another one of these like, you know, things where if you wanted a graphic, something that looked really good as a marketer and you weren't a graphic designer yourself, like, you That's know, me. Adobe Photoshop, yeah. me too, like, you know, danger will rob <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of were stuck. You had to wait right. until you could, you know, get someone who could do it. But then you look at tools like Canva, you know, that anyone could sign up, you know, and be like, oh, actually, yeah, I want to pull together this graphic. And again, it's not limitless the way right. a graphic designer would, but for like 80% of the cases where a marketer just needs to get something done that looks good, right. it works. You know, and so you can keep carrying this on. I mean, there's things oh, like citizen sure. developers, um, you know, that if you want to build little apps, you know, you no longer actually have to write code. You can do this right. drag and drop little process and boom, I have a little mobile app. I have a right. little web app. Um, and so I think this is a huge revolution that's underway in democratizing the sorts of things that the average marketer can do without having to wait for, you know, the experts on high to come and do it for them. Yeah, so true. I remember, and I was your standard digital marketer, SEO, PPC, you know, the Google Analytics, right? Just sort of the old school, you got what you got. Or that, it, There's a kid's show where they say you, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Well, you're always upset, but <laughs> you didn't have ROI or anything, right? So, it, and I remember when marketing automation came around and suddenly I had control of landing pages. And I know for a lot of people, a landing page was either on a CMS or, you know, this is old school kids. It could have been like HTML or something crazy, but you know, it was on some sort of platform and you can't touch that because we don't want the corporate website to go down. But then along comes marketing automation and, and, and inbound tools. And then suddenly I can control that. And, and rather than, you know, putting in a ticket and eventually, I mean, even, even a couple of years ago, you're still putting in Jira tickets, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for some changes, but I could, I could, instead of putting a ticket in, I could go, make that change. And it was live, you know, and I, and I didn't have to, and it, or I could update the form inside of the tool and it would just update automatically on the site and yeah. didn't have to go change the code of the form or anything. You just did it. And to your point, that's like a citizen developer because I never needed to go change the HTML code for a form. I just, it was just where it was at, you know, graphic design too. So big on that. You know, where would I be without meme generators at this point <laughs> yes. you know i use them all the time all the time uh they're authorized at my company so we first welcome someone they get memes from day one it's like excellent but yeah I, i'm not creating those myself i'm using some you know some tools that allow that so it's interesting you, you mentioned that it, it keeps going though you're right on the coding side with automation rules at a minimum but there's obviously other tools where you can even create 
uh, you know, put some commands in there, uh, simple type coding, but even just automation rules. If this happens, do this. That's simple yeah. computer science, right? If then this, do this. And you're right. It keeps going. So dot, 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 where does this go? Like how far, how far does it go and can it go? And is there an end in sight and, or does it just keep getting easier for everyone to do everything? And yeah, I, I think, roses. I think we've got a long runway ahead because again, part of no. it is the space in which we're working is just expanding so rapidly. Um, you know, like a great example uh, is uh, all the stuff here now with like the Google assistant and Alexa skills and, oh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, again, this is like a whole new channel that we're getting into right but now. I've started to see companies that are creating software that makes it super easy for like a non-programmer to create an Alexa skill to replicate that as a Google assistant skill to replicate that, you know, uh, so it works with Siri. Um, you know, so, uh, right. We're going to see new innovations around things with, uh, you know, it's, it's coming eventually, right. Augmented reality, virtual reality will be interesting things there. Uh, we know with the internet of things, this continues to, you know, step by step, uh, turn from science fiction into sci science reality. Um, I mean, there's just, there's a long runway of innovations that companies are going to have. And I think just as we go down that path to empower more people throughout the organization to be able to act on opportunities within these channels. Uh, I mean, this is ultimately, this is the thing that's transformative about this whole thing. People talk about digital transformation. To me, like maybe the single greatest thing about it is the speed at which the firm can move. You right. Know, because when you can like go in and just fix your landing page right then and right there, bam, it's done in three minutes versus having to wait. God knows what three days, three yeah. weeks, you know, yeah. you know, right. I mean, it changes the entire clock speed of how the business adapts to opportunities in its market. Um, and that's, that's transformative. The time you, you're right. I, if you put calculations on that, you know, those changes are done instantly and, and then your time isn't being spent doing that. I mean, you could calculate gobs and gobs of time that, that I spent sending those NetSuite emails out, right? It, it was crazy. <laughs> but, but I think the best technology, it, it's getting easier and easier. And that's actually a good thing. It's getting democratized, a citizen user of tech. And you know, kudos to tech because that's, that's what we want. It's almost like when it first came out, it was you – know, I always talk about marketing automation. When it first came out, you had to build your own, man. Good luck. Go get some devs. Tuck them away like Amazon. Tuck some devs away and build. Marketing some. automation was an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, like you had to create it yourself, and then you know Eloqua, and then it, which is not very easy to use. But then newer tools came along, right? And then, but but the bar was set so high that they just got better and better. To your point, now where you know things continue to come out, and they're not going to read our minds, but maybe right. Set up some nurture campaigns, and it's really exciting. It, the question I asked you earlier too was like, you know, what's cool? What 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 do you got your eyes on in terms of the futuristic tech that's kind of showing up across that, you know, coming over the hill for marketing? Yeah, you know, I mean, again, I, I it's funny. People often ask me when I assemble that crazy landscape graphic every year. Um, do you do that by hand? <laughs> I used to do, do it do entirely that? by hand. Dang. Uh, recently, in these past couple of years, I've now got a team that works with me, and yeah, um, in a dungeon somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I had I had you told me when I started this project what it was going to grow into. What what have the sure numbers I'm been on that, real quick? So you started out, and for everyone listening, if you don't know, you're in a your head's in the, in the sand or something, but there's this really cool graphic, chief Martech graphic that 
you know, industry, it shows what the different marketing tools available in different categories across the industry, just what's available, right? Is that, is that fair? And so the first version of that uh, I did in 2011, I had something like 150 marketing technology companies. 150. It it was a lot, you know, social media marketing, website management, ad tech. Uh, In fact, everyone was like, oh my God, 150. That's, that's scary. Yeah. Probably were like 10 pixels tall. You had plenty of room, (laughs) plenty of room on that graphic. Yeah. And so that's uh, over time, you know, it went from 150 to 350 to 1,000 to 2,000 to 4,000 to 5,000, 7,000, you know, last year. Um, 7,000 last year? 7,000. Jeez. Are they all real? I think that's what people wonder too. And they say, uh, you know, are the logos in that thing real? And, you know, are they just sort of like a, a one person app that doesn't actually, but like, is there some qualification to that? Is, is it really 7,000? And, yeah. So we look at every single one, um, yeah. you know, and I can't say that there aren't a few out there that are single person shops who might be doing an amazing job. Sure. But I mean, yeah, keep yeah. in mind some of these folks like Neil Patel. Yeah. I mean, like there's a bunch of solo people who have created True. some things in this space that uh, we love. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking for companies that, you know, it's, it's clear there's a real technology there. They have customers, you know, there's, there's references. You can go to social feeds. You can see, you know, and every year we review them and, you know, yeah. we take out the bunch that die. Um, sure. you know, last year it was something like 5% or so that either. 5% die. What is it? A couple, what, 30? 30 or so? <laughs> um, it was 5%. at least a few My hundred. math right? is horrible. Yeah. Was 5% of uh, All right, 7,000? So Five of a hundred, uh, fifty of a thousand. I'm gonna use my calculator here while you're doing um, that. Yeah, so you know, out of oh, wow. five thousand, yeah, about two hundred and fifty, three hundred. Yeah, two fifty, oh. three fifty. Wow. So, so there's a chunk of them that sort of evaporate. Yeah, they get acquired. Or Acquire, they okay. Acquired. Yeah. True. Sure. You know, they yeah change their business model. You know, maybe they go back to being a services company instead of a you know a software company. Right. Um, you know, so there's definitely churn in the space. You know, it's just but growth too. There is growth. And here's the thing. It's like, it's growing for a bunch of reasons. It's growing because first of all, the barriers to entry are essentially non-existent, right? Right. I mean, you can use Amazon, AWS, open source. I mean, if you have an idea, yeah, create a product at this point in time, anybody can do it. 99 um, designs, little branding, little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those citizen tools right now. I'll use Canva. I'll create this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's no barriers to entry. The second thing is, the space itself is still expanding. I mean, I have yet to run into a marketer who's like, we're all set. You know, we don't have any mm. problems. We don't see there's any opportunities. There's no way our life could be any better. Right. Pretty much every marketer I know has a list of things that they wish worked differently or, you know, got different results or yeah. interesting new things that are opening up, you know, and this is, this is just, you know, food for the entrepreneurial ecosystems right now in martech and then interesting these platforms as we talked about are also starting to make this a little bit easier i mean you know why are there like whatever it is now four million apps for the apple iphone wow are people still making apps for the that's a lot of apps no kidding it's a lot and it's a long tail right you know there's a bunch that maybe got one installed by the person's mother you know (laughs) But still, you know, you go yeah. through the tail and in the head and in the torso and even like, you know, the first 10,000, 20, sure. you know, there's a lot of really great apps. And because it's just so easy 
for people to say, oh, you know, I like a note-taking app, you know, that does this thing with dictation. I like mm -hmm. it when it works this way. Oh, I found the one that's perfect for me. Right. One click, it installs, it just works. Magic. It's good. You know, now again, we're not there yet in the MarTech world, but I think that's the, the vision that everyone is striving for. It's like sure. we want to get it so easy that you can be able to take these new innovations from, you know, small entrepreneurial startups, you know, and plug their apps into your marketing stack um, with a click uh, and start to get that benefit yeah. right away. Jeez, jeez. Uh, you know, it, it makes you wonder, you know, what, what do you think about the AI? The, I mean, and by the way, the, this kind of triggers me because when I hear people <laughs> using AI in a marketing sense, like guilty as charged marketers being like, come on guys. Like this is not Skynet. This is not a, a fully, this is more of the augmented intelligence or more of like the assisted intelligence as opposed to like, Oh, we have a thinking computer in our SAS app and her name is Jody. You know, it's like that word gets so used, but I think there's still something there underneath all that. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, I would bet that marketers are using AI several dozen times a day, and they don't even stop to realize it. Right. You know, I mean, like when you're going to friggin' Google to figure out, you know, what it is, you know, you want to find, and it starts auto-completing things for you. That's AI. I mean, this is machine learning, uh, you know. I mean, everything from, like, you know, in the MarTech stacks of, like, oh, well, when do we send email for the optimal time for people? Marketers don't even think about that anymore. You know, the system does a machine learning model. It maps it out for different customers, knows when to send it. Uh, things like lead scoring. We used to, you know, have these very Byzantine manual rules. Yes. I'd say for most, you know, B2B companies at scale at this point, they're using their marketing automation tools to do some sort of machine learning model for uh, yeah. you know, lead scoring. Uh, you know, churn propensity, uh, you know, uh, you know, for uh, existing customers. I mean, there's just a bunch of these things where it's kind of, you know, come in uh, yeah. to our day-to-day -day operations. And because it isn't a big, uh, you know, AI person, uh, personified robot yeah. that we're interacting with, you know, we don't, we don't think of it as AI, but yeah, it's actually making some real impact uh, on the uh, performance and optimization of marketing already. Jeez. Jeez, especially as you mentioned, the citizen um, data scientist, you know, business analyst, like being able to, what does this actually mean? You know, and, but you know, I guess the challenge is you know, data in, data out. You need, it still needs that good source data to be able to draw from things. That might yeah. be one of the challenges in the future, especially with the different apps in different places is sort of not you know, normalizing or making up words now, normalizing the data so that the, you know, the AI can really sink its teeth yeah. in and that's one of the big jobs of these platforms, right? I mean, part of it good is point, good, yeah. good uh, UI, but I think you're absolutely right. Good platforms are going to help with that normalization of the data right. so that when you connect these apps, you know, the benefit is the apps all contribute to the sort of central data repository, but it's a two-way street. All of the apps can also then leverage that data from all of the other apps in that shared repository to right. be smarter in the way that they operate. Um, and I think when you have that, I mean, there's a bunch of advantages for it. Certainly just the, the, the unification of your data models across the business, hugely valuable. But by having that sort of centralized platform, you can do things like, you know, good governance to make sure that, for instance, things like GDPR compliance, like yes. you want to be able to do that across all of the applications that are connected to your system. Right. Um, if you're doing, uh, you know, cleaning of data to make sure that the models that your AI machine learning algorithms are 
operating on or are working on good data in for good data out, you know, having a centralized system that can manage, uh, you know, that cleaning and uh, maintenance of uh, the data. Uh, super, super important. So again, again, I, you know, I don't want to make yeah. it sound like this is all completely figured out uh, yet, but right, it's it's on its way, you know, and it's it's already some of it's here today, and you sort of play this out over the next couple of years. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to really change the way in which marketers think of how they leverage technology. I think so too. It's kind of exciting to think about. You know, sometimes we resist change, like. Could it be back in the old days, but that it, it, it's just things are getting easier. But what I do love about some of these changes too, not only does it make it easier for the user, but I love how things like SEO, I was teaching a class the other day on SEO. It's easy now, right? It's like, good, do good content. Like, do, be, be helpful to your buyer. It's no longer the, oh, well, you know, your, your keyword density here and the white text on the white background and all, it's like, no, it, it, so I don't know what you'd even give a name to that, but it's, it's purified marketing in a sense as well. I mean, there's always going to be people figuring out how to listen to us on Alexa and all this craziness, but, but the idea that marketing now, it can be like, no, just be helpful to your buyer. Really? Don't try to trick them with your clicking and your pop-ups and your all like be helpful. And I love that, that that's kind of, it's almost, it makes you feel a bit better about being in marketing. It's kind of, it brings new life back into even that word. So you're not the trickster, you're the help, you're the helper, you know? Yeah. I think that's one of the most important things culturally that's happening in this revolution. So, I mean, what started me down this path was the uh, looking at the intermingling between the tech profession and tech community and the marketing profession, marketing community, because again, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, these were like complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and it's been one of the reasons, you know, tech people avoided marketing so long was because they felt it had that reputational thing of like, oh, this is just trickery. You're just trying to yeah. find the right way to spin this to like squeeze money out of someone. No, that's thank you, but no thank you. But it's interesting in the tech community, it wasn't that long ago, tech's problem was they were like, well, it just works. You know, if the user can't figure it out, it's a user problem, but right. it works. You know, but, <laughs> you know, tech went through this, this sort of UX revolution over the past 10, 15 years where software developers really started to come to the realization that, whoa, the user experience of this stuff is where the game is at because if yeah. they don't use it and they don't love it, my software isn't going anywhere. Yes. Um, and I think this is actually now what brought the interesting intersection is you look at marketing engagement points as part of the meta user experience of how does a company engage, you know, with its customers, its prospects, its audience. Um, and I think the key behind that is to say, how do we, how do, we do a good job of this? How do we make right. a great experience for our customers? And that's something that, you know, this technology talent um, I think you, you get in now a segment of it that, that is really passionate about it, you know, but if, yeah, you start going back into the mode of like, oh, and how do we, you know, surreptitiously, you know, like, yeah. you know, do this here and, you know, swap in this band. It's like, people don't want to do that. They want to win, you know, because sure. they're the best experience. Yes. You know, in, in some of the social sites aside, maybe with their trickery, but, um, but at least in terms of, especially in the, the B2B world or SaaS, where, you know your customer is trying to accomplish something. I've even seen it get cleaner on the, the IT side. I mean, maybe you mentioned that as well. 
even IT integration software is getting easier to use and in the you know, cloud-based. And, it, it, and I think that whole, I'm glad to see this thing go, the idea of if it looks complicated, it must be powerful. You know, I'm glad <laughs> to see that go by the wayside because it's just not true. Yes. Maybe it was at some point, but it isn't anymore. It, now power can be hidden. And it, instead of showing a menu with 30 items, maybe you should show them the, the relevant items to the path that they're on at the very moment, you know? And so it's like, there's some there's power to that because now you're not confused and using your cycles. You're going right through and doing what you got to do. So it's great. It's great seeing that, that trend continue. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I'm curious to see uh, how these voice interfaces continue to advance because you know, the one thing that's held back, even with all the effort, you know, on UX is like you get into these large marketing platforms. Um, and part of the problem is they're just large. There's just yeah. so much in there. It's true. That when you come into it, unless if you've really gotten like a full training on all this stuff, it can be hard to find what you're looking for. Um, I mean, it's just, this is, this is hard. I say this for every, Do you have software. one, Do you have one of those evil listening devices in your home. Um, I do. I now have one in almost every room. At this do you time. really? I know you're not concerned about like Amazon listening to you, you fight with your dog. <laughs> it sends you like dog training tips in the mail. It's like my dog, by the way, is a puppy and you forget when you get a new puppy, how much the first one was, um, how much work it was. So yeah, some words would be exchanged, but so, so you're kind of just buying into the, I mean, it's here, right? Yeah. And again, I don't uh, want to poo-poo anyone's concerns on the privacy side, because I think there are real serious questions here that we haven't answered. Um, and so it's a personal choice for me to feel like, you know, my interest in experimenting with the technology is I'm willing to make that risk. Right. Um, but I also completely understand that, yeah, you know, there's probably a large segment of consumers out there who know until they get some better assurance, you know, of what these things are going to be. I don't want them. But I think where I was going with this was, you know, in the context of even just a voice interface off of your computer or your tablet sure. or whatever it is, is I think, man, we're not quite there. But, you know, when we get to a place where for these larger marketing platforms, they have voice interfaces to it. Just think how simple all that could yeah. become. It's like instead of figuring out how do I find the report for what the you know campaign performance was for email versus you know our right. uh, retargeting, I don't have to go hunting around menus. I just tell it. You know, here's what I want. <laughs> find it for me. Yeah. You know, and have it come back and give it to me. I could imagine staring at your marketing automation platform, being like, "Where's email?" And it's like bloop bloop bloop. You know, maybe the paperclip comes back and it's like, here's the email, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would be crazy. But you're right. You disguise a little Yeah. Yeah. Paperclip revenge. Like I'm back. <laughs> so, so this is awesome. And I think I could talk to you about tech forever, but what, one thing I'd love to ask you is really like, who are you? How, where did you come from? How did you become this intersection between tech and marketing and, and sort of at the forefront and observing it all and seeing the changes, you know, did you, were you best friends with a, a computer chip when you were four? Like take us back the yeah. little Scott days. Like what, how did this, how did this all come about? What's your story? It's, it's clearly a laboratory experiment that went horribly yes. wrong, right? Oh. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting. So, uh, you know, my parents uh, ran an advertising agency. Uh, a no small kidding. Their own. Um, but then as a kid, uh, I got into computers. They, uh, they definitely encouraged that. 
Um, and then at an early age, I actually became an entrepreneur where I was writing multiplayer computer games. No uh, so I got into this mode where I was actually not only writing the games, but I was working with a company to help market them, if you will. Um, and so kind of, you know, as this stuff came into, you know, the explosion of the web, I always found myself at this intersection of essentially being a product guy or a, uh, you know, technology leader, but having an affinity for marketing and increasingly got really excited about using technology to solve marketing challenges. Um, yeah. And yeah, over time that turned into something that, you know, I grew a web agency that uh, provided that. Um, I created a, a SaaS business, uh, you know, in the mid 2000s that had a product for interactive content um, for marketers. And just as this kept going, I, the thing that I found most fascinating all along was again, this, this, this collision, this convergence yeah. between the tech world and the marketing world. Uh, and so I started the chief MarTech blog as just a labor of love, just, you know, I, th I think for a few years there, there were maybe like 50 other people who, you know, could have, Oh, Hey, tech and marketing, that's cool. Um, right. you know, but yeah, about uh, whatever that was, 2013, 2014, somewhere in there, it just, it suddenly something switched and people suddenly realized that, okay, wow, this is a way for marketing to open up a whole new horizon of possibilities for what it can do and, and to take marketing beyond the role of Marcom uh, into something that really is much more deeply engaged in how the business works with customers throughout their entire life cycle. So, um, yeah, it just sort of is rolled up from there. But uh, so tell me, multiplayer games like I I loved hacking around with Apple IIe's to make single player games, but multiplayer uh, that adds an an element. That's a that's another layer on top. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Like yeah. So I got into that. Uh, you know, at the in the eighties, there they were uh, dial up uh, BBS services, uh, and I uh, worked with a company that created a multi user BBS, so people would simultaneously be on the same system. Wow. Uh, I, I know this is like, you know, the pre-runner to Facebook, um, you know, because they could chat yeah. with each other. Yeah. You know, and then you could write games and they could interact with each other in these games. Wow. It was incredibly nerdy and fun. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> well, sometimes they say nerds have the most fun. Oh, I, I I'm, I'm with that camp. Me too. So, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, from there, I, I found out about you back in my younger years um, with Ion, right? With Live Ball. That Live is, Ball, all right. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was at EF at the time. Oh, no, right, right, right. And we bought Live Ball, and it was awesome. Well, thank I was you. Using it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was like we were like an internal agency. And so this was um, before, I mean, this was a, at the forefront of landing pages, at least in my, in my exposure. And um, funny story, actually. Um, Christopher O'Donnell and I were at Transparent Language prior to that. Oh, that's awesome. Man, <laughs> I love be, these intersections. Right? Wouldn't it be great <laughs> if we could have a way to make, because we were selling language software at a, like, different, like 80 different languages, and some people want free language learning. Some people want fun language learning. Some people want fast, right? So we wanted landing pages for different ones. And so he, you know, he's brilliant, obviously. And he, he basically created some things like that. Um, then when I went to, you know, EF, it was like, oh yeah, you know, um, here we go. Now we program tracks. Uh, it was, you know, actually there, there should be more of that, but I recall like we actually 
took our audience and, and, you know, are you a teacher or are you a student, you know, and if they're a teacher, uh, we went down one path and then eventually got them to fill out the form. And then if the student went another way, we, you know, we showed them different things, different audience. And it was a blast. I mean, that, so that's, that was when I was first started to get exposed to you and, and all the thought leadership. Oh, well, I'm, I'm so excited about that. Yeah. That, um, that was a really fun, uh, venture that we did there. And I think even today, right. I mean, this is still, uh, it's well, 20 years, it looks like. Yeah, you expect, uh, yeah, you know, it would be further along. But um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's still taking most marketers time to realize that this doesn't have to be like a one-way static, um, you know, uh, medium here. That you, right. know, you can create these interactive paths. And essentially, you are getting prospects to volunteer the most important information right you know, getting their contact information filling out a form all right you need that at some point to read at some point yeah you know but that isn't really the most important thing the most important thing is to figure out like okay well who are they what's the problem they're trying to solve yeah how can i match them you know with the right sort of offer uh that's going to be really relevant to their needs and um yeah, I'm still excited about what's possible with that. So. Totally. Now, I, how, do you have one of those things in Harry Potter where Hermione twists the thing and time goes back? Because, okay, so you've got the Chief Martech, Thaw Leadership, the Martech Conference, and VP of Platform ecosystem at HubSpot, right? Growing, leaps and bounds. How do you do it all? Time travel? What's, what's your secret? Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't play golf. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's for better and worse. Uh, you know, I mean, the chief Martech stuff has always been, uh, you know, like, a, I won't say a, quite a hobby, but it's like, yeah, it's like a passion that labor project. of love. It's like, yeah. one of the where, like, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I actually enjoy not doing it professionally. Um, right. Because, you know, if I was a professional, like, publisher, you know, it's like, I'd be like, okay, well, every week I've got to publish yeah. something. And it doesn't matter if I've got a great idea or not. I just need right. to publish something. And, and by being in this mode where like, you know, I do this because I, I love it, that if I have a great idea and I want to write it up, I do. If a week goes by and I'm like, yeah, I don't really have anything to say. I, 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 I don't feel guilty. I don't feel yes. like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm not going to feed my family if I don't like publish something. Right. And like pander to the ads. So people try to close things and more things pop open. You're right. Some things are best, you know, in that passion zone. And then you know, keep, keep that other stuff out of it. So you can have like a pure pursuit for sure. And then I, what, what do you, what are you doing at HubSpot now? What are the different aspects? What are you tackling? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, HubSpot is one of these companies that's going through this transition where when they started, the vision was largely that, you know, we will be an all in one solution, you know, sure. uh, and certainly for the first 10 years, that's actually a lot of what they did. I mean, you know, for a lot of marketers, what they needed, they could get all within HubSpot. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, I mean, the world just continues to expand and there are just so many different tools and technologies and things that any individual business wants to connect together. Right. You know, that the future of HubSpot really has to be this open platform that, yes, we'll give you a, a, a wide collection of capabilities out of the box with our own hubs, but really any other thing that you want to plug in. And if you prefer this other solution, you know, for this, you know, yeah. rather than our own, swap it in. Like, you know, if you want to customize something by extending on our APIs, your own little special app, by all means, here's the documentation, the tutorials, you know, we'd love to right. see that happen. 
Um, and so this is, uh, you know, again, this is to the credit of, um, you know, the co-founders of HubSpot, uh, Brian Halligan and Dharmesh Shah, they are, you know, have been very passionate about HubSpot making that transformation. Right. Uh, and so I'm one of many people who are working at the company to just, you know, help, help make that more real. Um, you know, I'm finally connecting our conversation about the citizens, our conversation about the platform. You're the platform leader, HubSpot. You're an important guy. No, I, I am one of several people who is, uh, yeah. Okay, but that, so. you're an important guy. Like this is, this is, this is the way, this is where they need to go, right? This is where HubSpot needs to go. Salesforce is there. Continue to grow the platform. Anyone else that wants to play, they got to, like Marketo got acquired, but. Where, yeah, they got. Well, they were headed a, in that direction too. In fact, they yeah. were one of the first. True, really true. Because they bought uh, what a uh, visible, I think. Yeah, yeah. So they're um, and Adobe. Uh, actually, even the rest of the Adobe ecosystem, they've made great strides in the past couple years of mm. like really opening up more APIs, taking an ecosystem-oriented approach. Right. I mean, I I think basically every major company in this space has realized they can't go it alone. Like right. You can't do it all. There's just too many things happening in too many directions, you know, and to win this game, you really need to provide the sanity, you know, at the center of all this, you know, for marketers, yeah. but give them that flexibility and that freedom to uh, really extend their own custom marketing stack, you know, in whatever special way they want. Absolutely. Well, this has been incredible. What are some of the ways people can connect with you? If you're okay with that, like LinkedIn, oh, absolutely, Twitter. yeah, LinkedIn is yeah. good. Um, uh, Twitter, I'm uh, Chief Martech uh, without the H at the end. Without the H, baby, <laughs> that's it. Got to own it, right? <laughs> yeah, embrace it. <laughs> you know, I once tried out CrossFit, and the the very first workout I ever did in CrossFit was called Sarah No H, right? So you're Chief Martech No H, man. That just all right. It is and no H, no it, hype, oh, no heartache, no uh, yeah. yeah. No heart. Oh, I love that. That's good. See, branding. I like it. Uh, yeah, Marketing. On it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Chief Martech with no H on Twitter. Um, the website Chief Martech. Um, LinkedIn is probably a great place. And obviously, marketing tech conferences. You know, remind folks. We'll have to remind folks about that for sure. Yeah. Any any other shout outs? Uh, boy, yeah. I think um, I feel like I've shouted Come myself out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, have you looked at the clock? Time is just like warped by. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me for this. Yeah. Uh, I love this conversation. Yeah, it's fine. We could do this all day. So maybe we'll check back in in a couple of quarters and see see what's up and see what you're seeing, how many got dropped this year and how many are coming on and all that good stuff. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Scott. I appreciate it. For everyone listening, if you learned something here and there's no way you didn't because I have like notes out the was <laughs> right? Um, then share this with someone because you got to get this info out to them and you become a thought leader sharing it with them. So make that happen and we will see you all next time. It's been the Hardcore Marketing Show. Bam. Bam.